we've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And as we're moving through 2023, maybe you just got promoted. Maybe you're a new manager. You finally got the promotion. <laughs> You've been asking for three years. And so now you say, what do I need to do as a new manager? And what are some of the tools I need to add from being an individual contributor to being a leader of a team. And we're going to discuss that topic, and I'm sure a lot more with our guest today, Ramona Shaw. Ramona, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. We're stamping our creative passport in San Francisco, but also we've got a special guest, Susan Sutton, who's one of Ramona's leadership program and managerial participants. And so Susan's going to add a little bit of flavor to what the program is all about. Susan, welcome to you. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. We can't wait to hear about some of these tools in action. Ramona, as we think about the new manager, and I mentioned so many people move from being a superstar at the company. So therefore, they must be a perfect candidate to be a manager. Why yeah. That? <laughs> That's not always the case, is it? <laughs> No, it's not always the case and not always is it actually even in alignment with what the employee would want. Sometimes they just think, oh, I guess I do want to have some sense of career progression. And I guess that next step then is to lead people. But if you drill down and ask good questions, we may realize hmm, not only may they not be the right fit in terms of strength profile, but it may also just not be what would make them have a fulfilling career. And I think about the person who takes on these new management duties. Sometimes, yes, they're seeking the promotion, but other times it's, I guess if I'm going to get ahead, I have to be a department head or something like that. Are, they, are we always ready? to take on these new responsibilities. And Susan, I'd love to hear your perspective on this too, but it feels to me a little bit, at least based on my own experience and the experience of the people that I work with day in and day out, it feels a little bit like being pregnant or in a relationship where you're expecting a baby and you're like, wow, am I ready, are we? And then you have, okay, you get nine months to get ready and then a manager role or transitioning into leadership it just has, you don't have nine months. You get promoted and you have to get up to speed really fast, but it's a steep learning curve for the vast majority of people who get promoted into their first leadership role. Yes. Ramona, describe the program. And then Susan, I do want to find out your experience and what your point of view is. But Ramona, first tell us a little bit about how you approach your training. Yeah. So my training is really fitting that need for new managers. And I'd actually say this is not just at the time when you get promoted, but can be even a year or two after your promotion. But when you realize, you know what, I've been leading, I've been learning a little bit as I go. And I realize with some people it's easy, but other people it's hard, but I also never really had any leadership training. And I would, it's the same thing as, and I often refer back to this idea of any other skill, let's take skiing. You would never go to the top of the mountain and just try to ski down without any ski lessons. I might break a leg. <laughs> I might really hurt myself and I might even bump into other people and hurt them along the way. 
And the training program that I offer, it's a new manager training program, and it really addresses the needs of the fundamental management training that will help managers, new managers be set up for success. So we talk about who are you as a leader, we develop a self-leadership mindset, and then we really focus on the management, the new man or management core competencies and skills, such as coaching, giving feedback and recognition, which is does it, it's also something that we need to learn, resolution, delegating, time management, motivation, and so forth. So over 12 weeks, we dive into these uh, frameworks, concepts, tools, best practices, and then we practice as we go so that it's doable to do on top of your work responsibilities. And there's never really that information overload that we might get by attending a seminar or a short workshop, and then we go back out. It's not really sustainable results. The program is really designed to create the behavioral change to help someone go through that, what I call it, big transformation, and that they get that personalized support and all the tools that they need as soon as yes. possible. Good. Susan, let's bring you in here as a participant and a recipient of these tools and training. What was your situation in your career, and what made you seek out this kind of support? I was actually preparing for a promotion. I've always believed that the way to get to the next step in your career or things like that is to go ahead and prepare for it as if you already have it. So I was listening to Ramona's podcast and I absolutely loved it. And I looked into her program and it was actually about three months before I was promoted that I met Ramona and went through her program. And I always say that I was so fortunate because of that. She mentioned so many managers really don't get any training. They're just kind of thrown into the river and told to swim or drown. And I was fortunate enough to have Ramona with me, walking me through that transition into my role. And she used to laugh because I would talk about having Ramona on my shoulder and I would think, okay, what would Ramona say here? Or, yes, or how would Ramona I suggest that I handle it. this? <laughs> Still to this day, it's been, it's been over a year and I still will think, you know, what would Ramona say I should do? And I, it was just lucky or fortunate luck, whatever it was, I'm thankful. There you go. Can you recall one of those situations where she was on your shoulder and you said, naturally, I might do this, but thanks to maybe some of the tools and techniques that Ramona's program provided, you, you took another approach. Can you think of Absolutely. The time? One of the things that she teaches us is how to have effective one-on-one -on -one meetings and to give coaching and feedback and things like that. And one of the things that I learned was that you can't expect everyone to do things like you would. I'm starting to do one-on-one -on -one appointments and starting to do some coaching and feedback. And I would want to say, well, you should have known that. Or I would want to say, what do you mean you didn't know? Or what do you mean you didn't think you needed to do that? And then I was like, okay, Ramona, she'd be on my shoulder and tell me to ask questions and draw them out and have more curiosity about the situation rather than just assuming that they should have handled it the way that I handled it. Because the way that I handled it might be the best in my mind, but it might not have been the best in actual practice. And she taught me to think of things like that. You contribute different things in different ways. We all have our strengths. And to draw those out of people, sometimes you have to sit back and hold your tongue and ask questions and draw them out. And Ramona, because often these are strong individual contributors, there's a tendency to say, why don't you do it like me? I was the one who got promoted, so I must be doing it right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's a, that's is one of those common, it's not even a mistake because we don't mean to we don't consciously realize it often. And we also don't mean it in any bad way. It really is intended to like, but I want to help you. 
be more successful. And the way that I know that you'll be more successful is you do it my way. Cause look, I'm, I, I got my numbers, right? I did well, I got promoted. So come my way. <laughs> and, but that doesn't work and it works for some, but it doesn't work for everyone. And sort of that, I love how Susan brought that out. Susan was, by the way, like such a sponge, right? You can tell that she prepared for it. She was like soaking it up. And she's one of those like courageous people. Okay, I got it. Oh my gosh, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really awesome. And that, those things, and then you start realizing, oh, I actually did that. And I learned something that I did not see coming. I did not, I was not aware that just because I see it that way, that actually would completely backfire for another person. And me holding my tongue and asking questions and trying to inquire and be curious longer and more, I found out. And now that changed the cult dynamic and it's allowed me to see something or know something I didn't know I didn't know. And Susan, I wanted to think about as you moved into this, I often hear new managers, but really now that I think about it, managers of any length of tenure often say I'm managing and working with the team during the day and I have to do my work at night. You know, because I'm so busy. And that's the overwhelm that many of us have felt. Did that come to you when you took on these new responsibilities? Absolutely. Definitely. And that's another thing that Ramona taught us how to handle is your feelings are not necessarily truth. Your feelings are not necessarily facts. So you have to take the feeling out of it and look at what's actually happening. What are the facts? Are people disappointed in your performance? Are you doing a good job? You know, What is making you think that maybe you're not meeting the marks that you're supposed to? If you take the what ifs and the emotion out of it and just look at the facts, it's way less stressful and it helps to not get balled up in that overwhelming snowball of stress and all those things that you can get stuck in if you don't just focus on what you're doing and take the emotion out of it. And that's not to say emotion has no place in it. Of course it does. But what's it called, Ramona? The thought model where, yeah, where you have to take the emotions out of it and go with the facts and just navigate through those rather than navigating through your balled up emotions. Let's continue with that thought. Ramona, what is this thought? It helps us. This speaks into this whole idea of self-leadership. I strongly believe, and I often really hone in on this, that you have to manage your mind before you manage people. Because if we are constantly reacting to our assumptions, interpretation of things, if we react to ours, often as new managers, we might feel self-doubt, we might feel this overwhelm, or we might feel like we have to prove ourselves. And if those are the driving emotions and beliefs that fuel us throughout the day, we start micromanaging, we start controlling, we can start getting too, being too pushy or perceived as too bossy, or not speak up, not really make decisions, because we're worrying, especially managing former peers can get really tricky that way. And so it's all about taking a step back and thinking, what is the fact? And then what am I make? What are my interpretations here? And then what are alternative interpretations? And how do I actually want to show up? And it's really about just creating a bit of a distance, cognitive distance from what's happening and saying, in my own brain, this is what's happening. Do I like it? If I like it, go with it. But if I don't like it, and I think it's not going to give me the result that I want, then I start seeing, oh, now I know where this is coming from. 
because you can so always roll it back up to what you think and feel. And well, Ramona, I have a revelation for many listeners who know me. I have been accused of being a micromanager. I may be accused among my team, meaning my family now <laughs> as being a micromanager, but let's turn this whole model inside out. I love the manager mind before you manage others, but to turn it inside out. Let's speak to a listener who is working for a micromanager, for this sort of bossy boss. What sort of tips and techniques can we use to manage our own mind in that setting? Yeah. So it's in a situation where you think, oh my gosh, my boss is such a micromanager, right? We can actually create a hardship or make it harder on us than it needs to be. So we might say, okay, that person doesn't trust me. They don't think my boss doesn't trust me. My boss doesn't think I'm capable. My boss makes my life so much harder. It's my boss's fault that things are not moving forward or that I don't like this work. And so I start disengaging from it naturally. If I think all these things like, ah, I don't want to do this job. And what happens is I disengage because I feel the doubts and I, the, I, I feel this anxiousness and being controlled or resentment and maybe a little bit like a victim in this whole story. And because I disengage as a result of that, my micromanager will become more micromanaging. So it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy because they think, oh my gosh, why didn't this email go out? Or why didn't this happen? And then they feel like, oh my gosh, got to lean into more, got to control more, got to have more oversight. And I see what you're talking about, the downward spiral there. Yeah, Totally. And it's not to say it's the employee's fault, but it's to say, let's just take a step back and look at what can you control here? You can't control your boss, but you can influence to a certain degree and how your boss will feel. But you thinking, having this resent resentment or disengaging is not going to help the situation. Instead, it's probably embracing the fact that your manager is a micromanager and thinking like, okay, so if they're micromanaging, they probably need to have a lot of information. They need to feel like they're in control. So what can I ask them? That will help me help make them feel like, yeah, I'm really curious about helping them get the information that they need and feel comfortable with. What can I do proactively so that they don't feel anxious and feel like they need to jump in? And from that mindset of this is not about me, my, my, my boss, the micromanager, it's nothing to do with me. It's not that they don't trust me or that they don't, that they doubt me because of my competence. It's because of their needs. So let me embrace the fact cater to their needs as much as I can and see if that turns it around. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does. Because yeah. at that point, when I'm being more proactive with information sharing, including them, involving them, they'll start to feel more relaxed about it. And they focus their attention elsewhere. Yes, satisfies that need of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But it happens from a, it's really that mindset of I have to change my attitude towards the micromanager in order to get that going. That makes sense. Now let's look ahead. By the time we're listening to this podcast, we're into the first quarter of 2023, which is that kind of mind boggling anyway, but <laughs> it seems we've said all the things about the great something and there is a restart, a re-engagement mindset. I don't think since 2019, have we had the normal goal setting, we need to make these numbers or we need to get these goals in place because there's always been something we're reacting to. Susan, do you feel like there's a different mindset now for setting the goals for a new year and 
I guess, team expectations and management expectations? What's your sense of it? My sense might be a little bit different than a common one because I work for a startup company, a brand new advantage plan company, and we're a startup. So one of the things that I've learned working for a startup is that things change on a dime. You can decide what your standard operating procedure is going to be, and a week and a half later, you rewrite it and start again. When we set goals, they're very fluid. We know the direction that we want to go in and we know the way that we think we're going to get there. But we also know that things can change in in an email. So yes, I do believe that things have changed in, in the world that we work in, but particularly for us, it's that way anyway. Yes. What about you, Ramona? What is your sense of going forward in some new planning cycles? Yeah, I say I definitely agree with it just being shorter overall for companies, given the experience of the last few years and the uncertainty that we see in the market, both, by the way, in the employment market and in the economic market. And I also think it's really important as we go into goal setting mode to remember that when in order, and this speaks to the whole employee engagement conversation, in order for people to feel engaged and aligned, we have to constantly check in and realign on goals. And so sometimes I see teams, they do this at the beginning of the year, they set their OKRs or the KPIs or whatever goals that they use to determine what are we shooting for this year. And they don't not sufficiently reiterate, realign, communicate on those goals with every single employee. It's just like we know in our personal life, if we don't real reread or rewrite our own goals and we don't keep them in arm's reach, our brains will forget about them in the day-to-day and we're less likely to achieve them. So that research shows us and confirms and validates that over and over. It's the same with companies. I think it's building in these processes where once a month you check in on where do we stand? What's the progress been? What needs to, do we need to adapt, change anything along the way? Have you gathered information that either validates that we're on the right track or makes us question and challenges our assumption? And these need to be structured conversations. They don't usually happen just in the hallway, especially (laughs) in a remote setting. We really have to build this into the way that we run, realign, communicate goals. So good. So just more frequency. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about all the channels that you do your training and they can be one-on-one and online and so forth. But I was really struck with the SMS course. You get a 15-day course of text messages and this literally one-minute management. How is that working for you? I'm very fascinated with the mode, with the channel of that kind of leadership communication. Yeah, so I try to adapt to different leadership, not not just actually leadership style, learning styles is probably the better word here. I try to adapt to different learning styles. I also try to experiment with different modalities. I like learning about what's out there in the market and experimenting what works and what doesn't. The text message learning style, those notches, the micro content can be really useful for people who feel like one I don't have the budget to attend these big seminars or these big programs. I just need a little nudge and a little, you know, inspiration for the day or something to do. And in order to get through the noise, text message actually works really well. And there's actually a 97% open rate on text messages. People actually click on things. They look at it. It's on their mobile phones, so easily accessible. And at the end of the day, for me as a coach, I don't, I don't care how you're consuming it. I don't care. I don't care what 
where you're at when you're consuming it. I care that you do something with it and that you're seeing results because you did something with it. And and if I can facilitate that process, and some people really love the text messages. That's very, very good. Get a little spark going and keep it moving, right? Yep, exactly. I can't thank you both enough for a great conversation. Ramona, and I'll put your contact information in the show notes, but Ramona, tell us where we can connect with you and learn more about your work. Yeah, so my website, RamonaShaw.com, you'll see the different offerings out there. I work with new managers in the, that new manager training program and mid-level leaders and teams as well. And I'm pretty active on Instagram and LinkedIn. Very good. Thank you both, Susan. Thanks for joining from Ohio and Ramona for Francisco. It's a great conversation. And we always see these sort of testimonials and endorsements. And Ramona was good enough to say, I believe in my program and I'll come on your podcast. But also I said, how about we have a participant, someone who's used the tools? And Susan was gracious enough to come on to support that. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And by the way, I also want to say thank you so much, Susan, for doing this. But and it speaks to the fact how much Susan really is like a leader at heart, Mm -hmm. that care of it's not just me and my team and my results. This is really a demonstration of leader Susan thinking if this inspires other new managers who don't have to struggle or don't have to have to self-doubt early on. And if someone get something out of it. I'm all in. So kudos to you. Yes, I, I echo that. And listeners, come back again next time. We're going to continue these conversations with creative managers and practitioners. And if you're a creative person who, yes, you're an individual talent, but now you want to make an impact on a bigger team, and it might just be your team of collaborators. We can't produce any of our creative work without the help and support of others. So if you're managing people and you want to be more confident, you want to get more performance, this is just the kind of management tools and techniques that we need to add to our toolbox. And I can't thank Ramona Shaw and Susan Sutton enough for sharing some of those with us. Come back again next time. We'll continue our around the world travels to learn how people get inspired and how they organize their ideas. And of course, how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliQ Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media. The Patients Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by 83Bar. Look for The Patients Speak on your favorite podcast app.